0: Hi, I'm Travis Foray, and this is the Returns Management Podcast by Return Logic, the show where we connect e-commerce store owners together through casual discussion and examine current myths and trends to keep you up to date on everything happening in the e-commerce world. On today's episode... We're discussing the impact that returns have on customer lifetime value, or as we sometimes call it, CLV. First, we'll go over the history of CLV. Then, we'll take a look at how the industry defines and calculates CLV. Next, we'll look at the impact that discounts have on CLV, and how returns data can increase CLV. And lastly, we'll discuss why retailers should care. My name is Travis Ferre. And I'm a product marketing specialist here at Return Logic. And today, I'm joined by David Gonzalez, senior growth marketer here at Return Logic. So without further ado, let's get this show started. Let's start off by first discussing the history of customer lifetime value and how the industry has made a switch from focusing on customer acquisition to focusing on customer retention.
1: Yeah, good call out. It is really important to first distinguish between acquisition and retention here. So customer acquisition refers to finding ways to create net new customers, whereas customer retention focuses on retaining customers that have already purchased from your brand, which actually ends up being seven times cheaper. The key to retention is repeated activity. So getting shoppers to keep visiting your site, interacting with your brand. So retailers that focus on only acquisition are not truly seeing the proxy of health for their business. Acquisition only shows why someone has come to the brand, not why they have left. So not being able to see what's going wrong will lead to improper segmentation and ultimately the loss of a customer. Exactly. That's a
0: great way to put it. It's important that retailers also consider the context of returns and retention together. Oftentimes, the people who return the most items have the highest customer lifetime value, and make the most purchases, leading them to be some of your most profitable customers. In fact, I read an article written by Yadpo that held some interesting statistics. Did you know that 14.77% of all shoppers are returning shoppers and they actually account for 33.3% of the overall dollars spent? Returning shoppers also spend nearly three times as much as one-time shoppers. Bottom line, the ability to return products and the ease of use to do so is an important factor in whether a shopper is willing to buy from a brand for a second
1: time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great call out. Uh, Now that we discussed the difference between retention and acquisition and gone over how these impact customer lifetime value, let's look at some of the definitions that the industry gives customer lifetime value and see if it aligns with how we define customer lifetime value. Yes, of course. So
0: Shopify defines CLV as profit associated with a particular customer relationship, which should guide how much you're willing to invest to maintain that
1: relationship. I mean, that, that's so ambiguous, but it's probably for a good reason. Um, but how does that apply to returns? That's a great question. So customer
0: lifetime value is a metric that estimates the total monetary value that an average customer will contribute to a company over the customer's expected lifetime. So CLV is conceptualized as the sum of all transactions, including purchases, returns, shipping costs, etc. for an individual. However, calculating the true cost of a return and the impact that it has on CLV has been a mystery or at least an afterthought for most. So the real question is, what does a return cost?
1: So I was speaking with uh, one of our analysts the other day, and I finally did get an answer to this question. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like it or remember it, but I'll tell you anyway. So the total cost of return is equal to the loss to sales revenue plus the refund purchase loss, plus the shipping loss per return, plus loss of product value, plus the labor cost per return for your warehouse and customer support team. Holy
0: cow, that's a big equation.
1: I told you, I told you you weren't going to like it.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You definitely gave me some PTSD from my algebra days. But I think what we're really looking for here is what is the cost of the
1: actual return to the company? Right, right. The, the layman's term, sure. Um, so the cost of return is that some of the logistics costs in all future CLV if that customer churns due to the returns experience. Easier, right? Well, it seems simple enough, but something key to point
0: out in there is that it's not just the logistical costs, but it's also the future
1: profits that are lost from churn that need to be considered. Exactly. And I know I just gave you PTSD, but the metric to track is the cohort of shoppers that had a returns experience and churned compared to the average churn rate of the company without a returns experience. So this delta, combined with all logistics and all of your customer acquisition costs, is the true cost of return. So it sounds super complicated, but the idea is this. Returns, no matter how you slice it, negatively impact CLV. The question is, to what degree and what can you do about it? And that's such an important question.
0: But to really understand that, retailers should focus on segments and employ the RFM method. Recency, Frequency, and Monetization. So recency refers to the last time a customer made a purchase. Customers who have made a purchase recently are more likely to make a repeat purchase than a customer who hasn't made a purchase in a long time. Then you have Frequency, and that refers to how many times a customer has made a purchase within a given time frame. So customers who make purchases often are more likely to continue to come back than a customer who rarely makes purchases. And lastly, you have the monetary value, and that refers to the amount of money a customer has spent within that same time frame. So customers who make larger purchases are more likely to return than customers who spend less. But now that we've determined what CLV is defined as, and the importance of segmentation with the RFM method, How
1: does our calculation change now? So, CLV is traditionally calculated by multiplying the customer value by the average customer lifespan. In this equation, customer value is calculated as the average purchase value multiplied by the average number of purchases. But now, to get a true sense of the impact returns have on CLV, you'll want to include the cost of returns into this equation to get the most accurate sense of health for your business.
0: So the current definition of CLV isn't necessarily wrong. It's just incomplete. And in the future, we need to account for returns in that equation. Exactly. So now our listeners may be asking, since we know how important CLV can be, what can we do to get shoppers coming back to purchase a second time? Should we offer discounts or coupon codes to get them to make a second
1: purchase? And the answer to that isn't so straightforward. Yeah, it's such a tricky question because weirdly enough, the most common time for a purchase is actually within a day of the original purchase. So for all of you marketers out there, think of it this way. The second a transaction happens, the clock to re-engage starts ticking. Even if they don't buy right away, you want to re-engage quickly. So the question becomes, is it profitable to offer a discount to someone who has just purchased something?
0: And that's such an interesting question. So I read a study by OptiMove where they had analyzed the likelihood of a new customer making an additional order based on claiming a discount on their first order. And the results showed that the likelihood of a newly acquired customer making another order and developing brand loyalty is significantly higher when the discount that they claimed on their first order was between 5 and 20 percent. That same research showed that there's little to no difference between offering a 10 or 20 percent discount on both the customer's likelihood to purchase again and their average future value.
1: Right. And retailers in many verticals can offer a 10 to 20% discount and still retain a pretty reasonable margin on that purchase. So, um, offering high discounts may increase the number of orders you generate, but it'll typically lower the average order value. Counterintuitively, it also tends to reduce customer lifetime value. However, offering a medium sized discount can increase the average future value of a customer by 20 to 25% compared to offering high or no discounts. So the average future value of customers who receive no discount and those who receive a high discount is nearly identical. So are high discounts even necessary or desirable? Probably not in this case.
0: Right, right. So if discounts is the approach that you would like to take, You just need to keep in mind that offering medium-sized discounts are probably your best bet. But instead of discounts, I think a great question to answer would be, how might returns data increase your customer lifetime value?
1: I love this question. So increasing CLV with returns data is like a cheat code for e-commerce retailers. There's just so much good information in returns data. For whatever reason, people can avoid collecting this information because they don't want to hear what customers don't like, which is a huge, huge missed opportunity. It's like that episode of South Park where Cartman pays someone to tell him only the good things that people say about him online. There's anything you take away from this podcast, retailers. Do not be like Cartman.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Pause one second. Did you just
1: compare our listeners to Eric Cartman? I get it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but here's a small example of what I mean. Looking at something as simple as return reasons can give you hints on whether a segment of shoppers will buy again. For instance, if someone chooses too big or too small, they genuinely are looking for a replacement. And it also implies future purchase intent. But if someone selects didn't match description or quality issues, then there's a 66% chance they don't buy from you again. So if you're a marketer and you know that, where do you spend your ad dollars? Or if you're a merchandiser or UX lead and you know poor quality drastically reduces repurchase rate, now you know where you can focus.
0: That's a great call out. The fact is, is that we may never be able to perfectly define the true value of a customer. But by understanding where value is coming from in the customer journey, or perhaps more importantly, where it's not coming from, Retailers can make informed decisions in their marketing processes. Exactly. Yep. And to take it a step further, through returns data analysis, we can find where to retain value in the customer journey, and we can also identify points of natural activity by analyzing the customer journey
1: to fuel retention marketing. Bottom. Yep. So again, no matter how you slice it, every return negatively impacts CLV. The question is what can retailers do to lessen the blow and keep the shopper buying more, even if their expectations weren't met? Where should retailers focus to save that relationship with the customer? And how can they promote future purchases even after a shopper is left with an item that didn't meet their expectations? Without returns data, you're just guessing.
0: Wow, yeah, so we've went through a lot of information here, so let's break it down. Ultimately, why should retailers care about CLV and retaining
1: their customers? Right, retailers know CLV is a holy grail metric. To take it a step further, it can also be the best proxy of health for your business. Once retailers can accurately calculate CLV per customer, they can then calculate what we call enterprise lifetime value aka customer lifetime value times number of customers. Once retailers can accurately measure their enterprise lifetime value, they will understand the potential for their store.
0: Well said. In conclusion, customer lifetime value is a very important factor to look at when determining whether you want to focus on acquiring new customers or retaining your current customers. But whichever side you choose, the customer lifetime value is always going to be an important piece of data to keep track of. Well, that's all we have for today, folks. I want to give a special thanks to David for joining me on today's episode, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening. Catch another episode, learn more at returnlogic.com, and find us on YouTube. And I'll see you back here on the Returns Management Podcast.